0: Good morning, everyone. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Connor Mays. I'm the student ministry director here, so I get to hang out with the teens here um, at Susquehanna Valley Church, and I'm just so blessed to have this uh, opportunity to speak with you this morning. Now, have you heard the phrase, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know, right? That's a that's a powerful statement that I know I heard throughout my college years and even in high school when it was like, hey, bud, it's, uh, it's time to get a job. And, um, you know, when you're looking for a job, um, it's, it can be difficult because you're always getting passed up by the person that uh, knew the manager or knew the boss, right? Um, it's about who you know, not what you know. And what that statement does for us is this. It shares with us the undeniable power of relationships, the undeniable power of connection. We cannot get past this idea of connection and and the impact it makes in our lives. Um, In fact, uh, some psychologists say that next to food and water, relationships are the most important thing for a human to have to have connection with others. And I know some of you are like, Connor, I'm good staying at home watching Netflix and hanging with my dog. I get that, I feel you, you're my kind of people, all right? But at some level, we still need that connection. Just look at our world now. The greatest empires we have right now are social media uh, businesses because of what? Connection, the guys, who uh, and girls who work on Facebook, Instagram, and all these platforms understand that connection is powerful. In fact, I mean, I work with teenagers, right? So part of my job is um, to play Xbox with teenagers. I can't get much better than that. Um, so I hop on Xbox Live with my kids and the connection to, for, for them and even for me, it's, it's real. It's real time. I get to hang out with them. It's, it's uh, a staple in our lives of what we need. In fact, I think most of us have seen uh, quarantine be an eye opener of how much we, we need real life connection. Like, I'm just going to ask who in here was just zoomed out, like sick of it. Sick of seeing somebody on the screen, they, you wanted to sit down across the table with somebody and have a meal or have some coffee and actually just interact, right? There is a difference, we know that. We need real life connection. Quarantine has showed us that connection is vital um, and, and not only that, um, it's not only a positive thing. but if we don't have it, we kind of go a little crazy, right? We kind of lose touch. We kind of don't feel like ourselves when we're we're not truly connected with other people. And so um, quarantine, though, unfortunately has not been the only thing to disrupt our connection, to get in the way of relationships. And I was thinking this week, like, what are things in this world that get in our way of, of connecting with people? And, you know, I could say all the big things like, uh, politics get in the way, or all, all these different ideologies, religion gets in the way. But I was like, you know what? This, here's a big problem. Here's a really big problem: is we as a human race can't even decide how to measure things. All right, here in America, I'm I'm 235 pounds. Okay, solid. Right over in the UK, I'm 106 kilograms. Right. And then in some other places in the world, I'm like, I actually did the math. I'm 16.43 stone, right? I went over to Ireland um, in in August of last year with my wife, Mackenzie, and we had to drive on the left side of the road. You know how difficult that was? How terrifying that was? Not not only is it like just terrifying going on the left side of the road, but getting on the highway and having to go super fast on the other side of the road is terrifying. Cause you're always like, is, is a car gonna come? Like, is their car just gonna be coming straight at me and just wreck into me, right? Not only that, I don't know how fast I'm going. 100 kilometers an hour, what does that even mean? I don't know how fast I'm going and I feel like I'm going fast, but there's people passing me. I could have gone 30 miles an hour my way. I have no clue. But so these things are like disrupting our, our understanding of one another and our connection of one another. And obviously there's, there's real things in this world that ultimately get in the way of us losing connection with one another. And in the church, that's, that's not a new issue. We see throughout scripture that connection with one another is something that, um, especially Paul, Paul talks about this a lot. Paul's the guy who wrote most of the New Testament, and he was a guy who hated Christians and had a radical transformation by meeting Jesus, and he gave his life to serving the church. And what he did was he just wrote a bunch of letters. Not only did he do that, but he wrote a bunch of letters to these different churches. And you see it constantly. Just look at the book of Ephesians, Galatians, Romans, you name it. You see that there are are sides bickering and frustrated at each other and cannot agree and their connection is disrupted. This is not a new topic. But we see in Corinthians a real problem, a big time problem. Like, let me just put it to you this way. You don't have to dig any deeper than that. I mean, you should, but you don't have to dig deeper, any deeper than this today. Corinthians is Vegas, all right? But the problem with Corinthians or the church of Corinth is that what happens there did not stay there. And Paul found out and heard about the craziness that is going on. And you just read the like the absurdity of the things that are happening in the church of Corinth and you're just like what is happening? And Paul even he has of the first letter of Corinthians then he goes and visits them in person and then he's writing them a second time. And he's like I'm writing you I'm making I'm visiting you again. What's going on here? Why can't you guys get this figured? In fact, he's writing this and he even writes in 2 Corinthians that he is in tears, that he's heartbroken to see the connection of the church, the place where you're supposed to have the most beautiful, intimate, deep relationships. He's not seeing it. And that's, I want to talk to you today about that. I want to talk about the depth of connection with one another and how do we get there. How do we have this connection that is so remarkable that when, when Jesus tells his disciples in the book of John that the world will know you by how you love one another? How can we have that kind of connection? How can we have that kind of love? So we're going to be um, at the tail end of 2 Corinthians, uh, the last chapter, chapter 13. And... Um, Paul has been just going off on the church of Corinth, right? Even saying some of the things that they've been doing good, but hey, here are the things that you need to fix. And so he wraps it up with this. This is his goodbye message, or if you've been in church for a long time, this was his benediction, right? So 2 Corinthians 13, 11 through 14, it says this. Finally, brothers uh, and sisters rejoice, strive for full restoration Encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss, and all God's people here send their greetings. May the God, uh, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Would you join me uh, as we ask God to just um, change our hearts today? Ask God to reveal himself through his word. Uh, God, we just thank you so much for this day. Lord Jesus, we are uh, grateful for your word. Um, thank you for Paul and his obedience to you and, and writing this letter that that we can now, uh, many, many years later, take and uh, apply to our lives, God. I pray that you would use me, that you'd put Connor to the side and you'd bring forth the Holy Spirit and allow um, the Spirit of God to speak to the people today. Um we ask this would be uh, life giving, and uh, we praise you in your ultimate and glorious name, Amen. So I'm going to talk about just two concepts today, and they all go back to this passage in Second Corinthians 13. So what Paul is talking about here, I was talking to, to Pastor Matt about this. We were discussing like what is Paul, what is he, what's he getting at? What's he, what is he trying to tell us? And and what Matt was basically saying, he's like this is right what he's saying is right and I and i was thinking about i'm like yeah like this is how it should be this is how community should be like i want that this is like the goal the utopia the the, what the kingdom of god is based around this is what we want to strive for Right? We want to rejoice. We want to be happy. We want to celebrate. We want to be glad in what God has done in our lives with one another. We want to strive for full restoration. Other other translations say strive, excuse me, for perfection. Right? We want to strive for perfection. We want to restore relationships. We want to be in perfect unity. Right? We want to encourage one another. The book of Hebrews says it like this. I love this verse encourage one another as long as it's called today right we want to be encouraging to one another right and we want to live in peace that's ultimately um, the bible talks about this and in fact the uh, the book of hebrews dives real deep in this what we want in our lives more than anything else is peace right we want financial peace we want relational peace we want all we want peace we can have that We can have that, but it can only be done through these two things and these two things I want us to focus on. Number one is this, and and, and this is a concept, I'm not sure where I got, I wish I could um, give the person the the credit, but the idea of the vertical relationship impacts the horizontal relationship. It's real easy. Vertical relationship is us with God. Our relationship, the vertical relationship impacts the horizontal relationship. But, not only are we focused on the vertical relationship, we're focused on the horizontal. So those are the two things that we're gonna dive in today. And we're gonna start off, obviously, with the vertical relationship because the vertical relationship, our relationship with God, our our deep intertwined time and relationship and commitment to God sets the tone for everything. You cannot have what Paul is talking about without God. That is what's different about the church than the rest of the world. The community here needs to be different and should be and is different than anywhere else in the world. I've experienced it myself. Uh, I know I've, I've seen it uh, in my own life and it's, it's true. And I hope that this can be true for you. The difference is, is that God's at the center and so when we focus on our relationship, our vertical relationship, it impacts everything. And here's why, right? Some of you are parents, some of you have like newborns, um, you know, it's like a child uh, learning from its, it, their parents, right, they know nothing, right? We always say like, you know, the parents impact the kids dramatically because from a young age, that's where they're getting all their information, right? They don't know any better is usually the phrase. They don't know any better than what their parents show them, right? So i put it like this, okay? Um, you're not going to grow up in the south of, of Texas with a family that has been born and raised there with these Southern 20 accents and it come out with a Scottish accent, right? You're just not going to. You're not going to learn something that hasn't been taught to you and so that's the same thing with our heavenly father. There, there we cannot comprehend and understand what love and peace and forgiveness and grace is. That is what has happened with us with sin. Sin has gotten in our way of truly understanding that. And so that's where God comes in and says, "Son, daughter, let me show you." But a lot of us and me included do do like this when you're a little kid <clears throat> I can do it myself, right? Uh, I can figure it out. right? We think we can do it ourselves, but really, we're in so desperate need of, of God. And so here's um, when we think about our vertical relationship, it's this. all right? It is like a, it's like a fire, okay? It's like a fire. Say it's it's been kind of chilly out, right? It's it's nice and fall uh, We got our pumpkin spice lattes ready to rock and roll, right? And we're, we've been sitting by a campfire um, And so when it gets cold out right you you want to be next to the fire, correct? Um, but here's here's what happens. This is our vertical relationship, and this is what this is not um, this is not uh, false because We've seen it throughout history. We've seen it in scripture. You've probably seen it in your life. And so this is not me like calling everybody out and say, it's just history has repeated itself. We are human humans that want to have sinful and selfish desires. So this is how I kind of see it. So we're by the fire, right? We, we have our relationship with God. We go to church. We're worshiping. Woo! Yeah, it's awesome. I, I feel God's love. I feel his presence and then the week goes by and i it's taking another step this way and further away from the fire, further away from the fire, further away from the fire. And the next thing you know, it's like two years and I, I'm like a mile away from the fire. Now, here's the thing. I, I understand intellectually, I know what the fire feels like. And I know that the fire is warm. and I know it can be good for people. But I'm so far away from it that I don't have that feeling of warmth, right? I don't have that understanding and that experience um, that reminds me of why the fire is good for me. Does that make sense? Because here's the reality is a lot of us, just like in the book of Exodus, um, we celebrate, we get excited. Yes, God's amazing, right? The the people of Israel, when they escaped um, the clutches of Pharaoh, and they parted the Red Sea and they crossed. What did they do? They, they celebrated. There's the first worship song in the Bible right there. They celebrated, yes, oh my gosh, God, you're amazing. And then not even like a week later, they're praising idols. They're questioning God. It's because they've gotten away from the fire. They forgot the warmth. They forgot the understanding of who God is because they haven't experienced it. They know it intellectually. They could probably beat all of us in Bible jeopardy, but they don't know they haven't experienced the warmth. and what you see is chaos and destruction within that community. The book of Galatians, uh, uh, it tells us that if we are not close to God and we're not um, ha- having this vertical relationship, that we're going to destroy one another. See, it's like this. All right? I'm from Maryland right? And uh, I absolutely love, like like with a burning passion, Maryland crabs, okay? If if you want to, after this, argue a better food, good luck, because you're wrong. Um, literally, it is the greatest food in the world. And here's the problem is my wife's from Maine, so we have this like, lobster's better, Maryland crabs better, and I'm like, get out of here. Maryland crabs all the way and so growing up like we it was like the thing that you look forward to like I didn't eat all day knowing that we had a crab feast later because I was ready to house some food okay and so um being up here in PA I've been up here for um, a few years now since college so around 2012 um I've gone back to Maryland here and there but I kid you not like during the summertime when I was a kid It was like 10 times a summer because that's when crabs in season. That's when we got, I got crabs like 10 times. Like I literally went to go get Maryland crabs, all you can eat and and just housed some Maryland crabs. But since I've been up here, I've realized this. I'm like, I remember asking um, my wife, I'm like, dude, when's the last time we've had Maryland crabs? Because I'll see my mom and my family like posting like, crab feast here in Maryland. Woo! I think they're trying to rub it in my face, but uh, like I'm like, what's the last time we like I haven't been Jonesing for a Maryland crab feast in a long time. It's because I've been away from the environment. I've been away from the place where that is just um like that's what you do, right? And that's the same thing with our relationship with God. When we get far away, from it, we 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 again we understand that it's good for us. We understand that it's important. We understand that it can change our lives. But when we get so far away from it, we forget about it. We we forget the experience of the warmth. And so here's here's what I'm getting at: is you can't pour out what you're not full of. If you're not warm, if you're not next to the fire, you can't. Share the warmth with somebody else. You can't share the love of God if you haven't experienced it. And that's not just, oh, I've experienced it once or twice. This is a continuous, I'm sitting, I'm I'm camping by the fire. I've taken my spot in life next to, intertwined with the, the amazing God that created me, that loves me, and died on the cross for me. Because what ends up happening is we take that love that has been given to us and we give it to everyone else. Paul, in, in this letter in Corinthians, says, um, after he's given that list at the tail end of 11, he says, and the God of love and peace will be with you. And that's what we're talking about. It's not only saying, so it's it's two sides of the same coin. Not only saying like, hey, you you have to... Um, you don't have to do anything. Like grace has been given to you. Like I will always be with you. I will always be here, and I will always love you and bring you peace. But there's a side of it that has truth throughout Scripture. That if we are not in close proximity to God, bad things happen, and it's not just a, oh I do things so good things happen to me, right? But our connection can be can be interrupted by sin if we are not staying close to the source of love and grace. Because like I said before, you cannot pour out what you don't have. So the question at this time is this. When is the last time you've encountered God? When's the last time you've encountered the love of God? Not asking you when's the last time you went to church. Not asking you when's the last time you read your Bible. I'm asking you when's the last time... You encountered the love of God. When's the last time you experienced that warmth? And I ask that because here, here's the, the difference. And I've been reading this book and it's been fascinating. It's called Intercessory Prayer by Richard Eastman. And he talks about this idea of encountering God. Encountering God is light years away and totally different than understanding intellectually that God is with us. Because intellectually, we can see scripture and read that God is everywhere, right? God is everywhere at all times. And we understand that. But guess what? If if I stand next to my wife and I don't say a thing to her for three weeks, there's going to be some issues, right? Right? If I don't encounter my wife then I don't experience the love that she has for me. She doesn't get to experience the love that, she, that I have for her. There's a huge difference, and that plays a huge role. That's why I'm putting this first, because if you don't have that, this is not a get right with God, because God has already paid the price for you and I. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, and then he rose three days later so that we can have a relationship with him. It's not a do better But it's a, I desire God, I want to be with you, and I want to have this relationship with you. Not a checklist, but a relationship with God that's so deep, and I'm encountering God regularly so that I can experience what 1 John 4 says. This is love, that we loved God, but that, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also lo- ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete. I want that love that, is, <laughs> that, God, that God is giving us that is so undeserving and so beautiful and so perfect. Not only so that I can have a relationship with God, but so that other people can experience his love. It's like hearing this amazing secret or hearing about amazing restaurant, right? What do you do? You tell everybody about it. You put it on Facebook, right? You tell your girlfriends, hey, oh my gosh, have you tried this so-and-so restaurant, right? Right? Yeah. We want to be that place where we love God, where we experience God, so we can tell people from our personal experiences, man, God loves you, and he's amazing, we need to have that vertical relationship with god and so again that plays a role in our horizontal relationship so that's the start that's the beginning vertical relationship and then it plays out into our horizontal and now it's the part for us to to do something to live this out it's this is the the hopefully practical side of things and so um when i was reading this scripture and again understanding the the verses in uh, 11, I I came to think about um, my favorite movie of all time. Now, I'm about to show you something. Some of you are going to have like a nostalgic, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Some of you who are probably like under 20 are going to be like, what's that? This is a VHS tape. (laughs) All right? So this is a VHS tape of Remember the Titans. Um, this is actually very special to me because um, if, you, if you've seen the movie, um, Coach Boone, played by Denzel Washington, who is the head coach of T.C. Williams High School in the movie, um, he signed this. I got to meet him, and it was one of the greatest experiences um, as a young man. Um, but this, this movie um, just reminds me of... Uh, of our world right now, but uh, of, of the church of Corinth and just the bickering and the frustration and, and the tension that's there. And, and what Paul's trying to do is, is settle that obviously through Christ, um, and through a uh, real connection. And so, in uh, and remember the Titans, you, there is, um, a football team or excuse me, a high school that, um, during the height of of uh, I forget the year it was in, but there was a lot of uh, racism, and uh, schools were allowing uh, certain schools were allowing um, African Americans to join white schools. And T.C. Williams in Virginia was one of the very first schools to allow um, a, a mixed race school, so black people and white people were allowed to go to school together. In fact, they were allowed to play on the sports same sports team, and so you see this tension. Of, of coaches who are white, coaches that are black, and then players who are white and players that are black. And it's just this beautiful story of a team that literally hated one another and then came together and they became literally like blood. And so here are the three things that I've seen that we can take from Remember the Titans and, and Second Corinthians and kind of take it and hopefully apply it to our lives today. Um, with our horizontal relationships. Um, My first point is uh, sit in an ice bath. Now you're probably like, what what does that mean? Sit in an ice bath. Well, when I was in college, uh, like that was a regular thing. I played lacrosse, and so we were consistently getting in the ice baths. And if you've ever been in an ice bath, they're terrible, okay? Like they are awful. The first five minutes, like you're in so much pain. And I remember my first ice bath going in, and I was just like, in so much pain but there's like two seniors in the ice putting their feet in the ice bath with me and they're like acting tough i'm like oh i gotta just hang on hang on like i gotta like act like i've been here before but it's painful but the healing process that happens with an ice bath is nothing like any uh drug or exercise can ever do it's painful it's hard and so and remember the titans um, if you've seen the movie, you remember they went to training camp before. And what happened was um, there were fights among amongst the, um, the kids uh, of different races. And so what the head coach did, Coach Boone, he said, I'm going to put you in dorms with one another of a different race. So you have to dorm with somebody that is a different skin color than you. And you watch this. They made it funny throughout the movie, but it was hysterical to watch the tension, the difference in culture, that there's cause fights and bickering and people just looking at each other like, "What are you doing?" And but what you end up seeing is these tensions getting high, tensions um, getting actually physical. And there's uh, an amazing scene where the two captains, who are one's white and one's black, end up going at it, right? Uh, but what they end up doing is they settled an issue. They sat down with one another and they got to know one another. Right? Throughout the movie you see them sitting down with somebody to get to know them, to understand them a little bit better. So what I'm getting at is this. Maybe, maybe it's time for us as a church to do the things that are uncomfortable. To do, uh, to, to get in the ice bath. Maybe it's time to get in a community group of people you don't know. That you don't understand maybe it's time to go out and get a cup of coffee with somebody or talk to somebody after service that you've never met before and get to know them we all know that's difficult we all know that's awkward we all know it's hard we don't know what they think we don't know how they're like but that's okay recently i've been a part of a community group here at church um, if you guys remember a um, couple weeks ago, uh, Matt Kepke, who spoke, he's he's our community group leader. And I just remember uh, they were like, yeah, we're going to do the community group. We're going to sign up and, like, get you guys together. You, you and Ken's want to be a part of it. And, like, honestly, I was like, I don't want another thing on my plate. Are you kidding me? You're asking me another night to come out. You're asking me to— make more of an effort. Like I got so many other things to do and, and, and it's just difficult. And here's the thing, uh, like just being real with you, like I, being a leader here at the church, um, there's always that temptation for uh, somebody to say, here you go, Connor, take over. Or here you go, Matt. Here you go, Eric, take over. And I was like, I, I just don't want to lead another thing. And so, but I went and I just kept going. I kept getting in that ice bath I kept sitting down in that ice bath and I can tell you what, that it kept to be, it kept being, instead of a discipline, it became a joy. It became something that I looked forward to. In fact, this past Friday, we we had game night and we just laughed and we enjoyed one another's company. And so I'm asking you, I'm calling you to do that same thing. Maybe it's time for you to, to get together with somebody that you don't know, and keep trying that. Keep sitting in the ice bath, because it is uncomfortable, but that's what God is calling us to do. Sit in the ice bath. Alright? So, the last thing with horizontal relationships is this. And, and this can be a tricky one, and I, I kind of have like a caution with, with this one. But it's invest in a few who invest in a few invest in a few that invest in a few. So I know we all love um, the family feel of, of church and, and things like that. And we love community that's kind of smaller so we can be more intimate and understand one another. And that's, and yes, that's great. Um, and we want to, you know, we want to share the gospel. We want people to come to Christ and we want to to let as many people know as possible. But here's here's one of the things I have found. Sometimes what we end up doing is this. We end up Either two things, we spread ourselves thin and we try to like get to know everybody and we talk and talk and talk or we just stick with our group or we just stick to ourselves. And so here's what I'm asking you to do is invest in a few people. Take time to think about, man, who has God put on my heart that I'm going to um, ask, how are they doing? I'm going to be praying for them. I'm going to meet with them. I'm gonna have dinner with them. Who are the people here in this church in my life that i'm going to invest in and I want them as long as well as myself to grow in connection with one another and ultimately pour, uh point one another to god and so um I, I put it like this uh it's a non negotiable it's a non-negotiable in our lives like am i am i uh in my marriage, there's non-negotiables. Like we will have date night at least twice a month and we will go on vacation together. That is a non-negotiable. These are non-negotiable things. And so uh, maybe it's time to put community and connection first and making it a non-negotiable. Because here's the thing, and this is going to be kind of hard. This is going to be kind of hard. If you're a if you're parent in here, this, this might uh, hit home for you. Because here's what I'm praying and hoping for, is that we have a church that is so on fire for God and so connected and so unified that it's the first thing that they go to. It's not the first thing that they get rid of. It's not the first thing that they say, we're too busy, we're not gonna go to church, we're not gonna go to small groups. For some of you who, who take their kids to sports, Man, that's a non-negotiable, right? Taking your kid to practice is a non-negotiable. But as a former co- college athlete and kid who did a million sports growing up, I can tell you I'm done with sports, but I'm still uh, hungry for community. I'm still thirsting for um, relationship. And so what would you rather have? A child that understands beautiful gospel-centered connection or can hit a baseball really good what would you rather have getting that last project done for work or would you rather have a life-giving conversation where you laugh cry and pray with one another i don't know about you but i'd rather have the relationships But that takes intentionality. That takes me saying, This is a non negotiable. I'm going to clear up my schedule and make this a priority for my life. This is not just say, Hey, just come to church. No, this is a non negotiable saying, I'm going to take my life and I'm going to invest everything I have into the kingdom of God and the people in it and the God that rules it. And that's not easy. That's not easy. We see that in, um, in Remember the Titans again. We see um, the boys on the T.C. Williams football team, um, they, uh, they had to, again, they had to room with one another. There was no negotiating. They had to figure it out because to them, what was more important than the guy agreeing with the guy next to them was winning football, right? And so they did everything that they could to squash this beef. But what ended up happening is you see this beautiful unity to where two guys um, in, in the movie, you see Gary Burtier and uh, Julius Campbell. They're, they're both the captains on the defense, and they kind of led the charge in unifying everybody. And what you see is two guys who hated each other, who were, were intentional, forced, almost, it was a non-negotiable to get to know one another, and then by the end of the movie, you see Gary getting paralyzed in an accident and uh, Julius um, walk into the hospital room, and the nurse is like, "Uh, excuse me, uh, sir, family only, and Gary, who's a white male, is like, can't you see it, ma'am? That's my brother. Can't you see that he's family? Can't you see that he's blood? When we put the connection before um, these other things in our lives. When we have this vertical relationship, when we make it a non-negotiable, when we uh, force ourselves into situations that might be comfortable, but force ourselves to connect, there is something beautiful that can happen. You can, can become a family. You can become one under Jesus, and you have this unifying um, this unifying kingdom that Paul is talking about that is of one mind, that strives for perfection and that rejoices with one another and that lives in peace. And so, I'm gonna finish with this. Vertical relationships plus horizontal relationships equals beautiful connection. Vertical relationships relationship plus horizontal relationships equals beautiful connection. Why not us? Why not us? Why not Susquehanna Valley Church? Why can't we be what Paul is asking us to be? What is getting in our way? What is interrupting our connection with one another? Here's my hope. Here's my hope is to see this church be an example be an example for the rest of the world, for the rest of Harrisburg and the rest of Hershey, that they look at us and they say, oh my gosh, they love each other so much. They're so much different than when I hear churches are, are, are like. They're actually what the Bible is living out. Yeah, they're not perfect, but man, do they love each other. I want to be a part of that. So I ask you again, Susquehanna Valley Church, why not us? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to be with us here today. Thank you for your spirit that allows us to fellowship with one another. God, we know that we see in your scriptures that um, where two or more are gathered, you will be there. And God, we praise that you're here with us today. God, Lord, we ask in this time of frustration, uh, some tension going on in the world, God, that this would be the place, that the church would be the place where true love is found, where real connection uh, is made. God, I pray for anybody right now who who hasn't encountered you in a long time. Lord, I ask that you would seek them out, God, that you would give them the opportunity, the chance to encounter you today, right now. Lord God, I pray for our relationships that we can continue to foster those, grow those. Lord, allow us to do something that's uncomfortable, getting to know somebody that we don't know. Maybe sitting down with somebody that we don't agree with. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you went to the cross and that you brought us together. You unified us under your cross. Lord Jesus, I pray today that we are convicted, that we leave here desiring connection. Lord God, we praise you and we love you and we thank you for our connection and the connection around us. Lord Jesus, we lift this up in your glorious name. Amen.